September 13th. It's the Just Baseball Show. I'm Arm Layton. He's Peter Apple. And we are talking free agents today. We're going hindsight 2020, but we're going to stay on the positive side this time. Yes. We're going to talk about the best free agent signings for the most expensive guys. And then it'll be more negative towards the end of the week. But I'm excited to talk about some of the good signings and the big ones to start this year off. You know what's been awesome? Well, first, I've missed a couple of days. I was not here on Friday, was not here on the Monday episode. Feels weird when I have an, an extended absence of two episodes. Always <laughs> feels weird when I'm back. What's going on, everybody? But Arm, when we were talking about all these free agent signings, wasn't it weird that you'd think, at least at the beginning of the season, that when these got these teams sign big free agent deals, it's always, uh, is that one going to work out? Is that too much money? I feel like we even were a little bit pessimistic for some of these deals. But when you look back at year one, and not to say that these deals are going to work out for the majority of the contract, but it's at least off to a good start. And I don't think we expected so many of these high-priced deals because we're going all over the deals that are plus 15 million AAV. So everyone who makes 15 million and above per year. I didn't think that we could find 10 guys where we thought to ourselves, huh? Great start, yeah. right? No, absolutely. Even like the the lesser, like in terms of the, the guys that maybe aren't like the wonderful contract where you're like, man, that was a great deal. Even the guys like Marcus Semyon, who we'll get to, like you can't say it's a bad contract. Like he's been fine this year and it's not like he's making 30 million a year uh, and we'll get into average annual value uh, and why, you know, that might actually impact the perception on some of these deals, because you hear 80 million and it's like, oh, that's a lot. But if it's over five years in today's game, like it's it's really not that much with some of these other contracts. Semyon looks huge at seven for 175. But again, you look at the game today and uh, it's really not a bad value for a player of, of his level. It's just like you said, though, first year is good. How is it going to age? And you know, we'll talk a little bit about that, too. We don't have a crystal ball, but you can get a decent idea of how we think some of these contracts may age and how they may look moving forward. We're also going to fit in a little bit of a wild card talk because there's three teams I wanted to get your thoughts on. Uh, and I mm-hmm. texted you before. I was like, let's kind of riff on this because there's three hot wild card teams. And I really want to get your thoughts on you know who you're buying you know, that can m- maybe keep this momentum going into the postseason because it seems like every time you and I sit down, a trend kind of changes with some of these wildcard teams where it's like, this team's hot. Are we buying it? And then by the time we record again, it's like, ah, oh, no, nah, they stink now. Um, so <laughs> we're going to kind of talk about that and then age ourselves and then make ourselves look bad by next week. But first, can we talk about Aaron Judge for a second? Of course. I, I will always. This is the one time where like, yes, he's a Yankee, but like there there is no reason for me to ever censor Aaron Judge talk. It's not Peter being too much of a Yankee guy. It's Peter appreciating greatness, and we all are. So go right ahead. 
the Yankees are not even what I want to talk about right now. I just want to center on the only reason that the Yankees are doing what they're doing right now. You go over the angels and you say that they lost five to four, but Shohei Otani pitched eight shutout and then the bullpen blow and they hit a home run. But right now, Aaron judge has been leading the charge and, Almost every single Yankee win. And I think a lot of Yankee fans can appreciate that because when you look at the lineup, there's usually one bright spot and that's been Aaron judge and almost calling him a bright spot. Doesn't do him justice of American league in the American league stat leaders in the second half. This comes from at Yankees muse. Great Twitter follow for all you Yankee fans out there for all you non Yankee fans. Probably don't want to follow him. It's kind of annoying. It's all great Yankee stuff, but for any Yankee fan, it's a great follow. Home runs in the second half. Judge leads with 22. In the RBI categories, Judge leads 51. Who leads runs scored in the American League in the second half? That's Aaron Judge again at 39. What about walk rate? That's Judge at 19.8%. What about ISO? That's isolated power. 449. That's Aaron Judge. Uh, what about on base percentage? Got to be someone other than Judge, right? Nope. No. 493. Judge is the leader. What about slugging percentage? That's definitely Judge, right? And you'd yeah. be right. 802. OPS, you take on base percentage and slugging. Yeah, he leads it at 1295. Pretty good so far. Let's get into a little bit more advanced. ISO is pretty advanced, but let's get in a little bit more. What about WOBA? Weighted on base average. It's a good one. Judge leads that. 524. What about WRC plus? Perk factor. Rated out of 100. 100 is league average. Every percentage point above is how many percentage point you are above league average. Judge leads at 255. Can, can we stop that for a second real quick? Yeah, yeah sure. Whatever sure. more you no, have, but I just want to I want to go there real quick. Yeah. That is 155% yeah, better than average. Like th- this guy is 155% better than the average major league baseball player in the second half. And I also think it's really important, too, because everybody calls Yankee Stadium a bandbox, right? It's park adjusted. It's park adjusted. Yeah. So guys at so guys at Coors Field are going to have lower WRC pluses than players in Miami or or a field or Oracle Park in San Francisco. That's just the reality of it. So if you're saying, you know, Aaron Judge plays in the Yankee Stadium in a Little League park, he leads in WRC plus. Yeah. And then you think to yourself, well, is he just a hitter? No. Yeah. American League leader in the second half in F4 at 4.7. We're going to go over some of these free agents. Corey Seager has a 4 F4 this year. So Corey Seager's full season, Aaron Judge has been 0.7 better in the second half. In the second half. And that's a good season. Armed. A four-win season is great. That's a great really season. solid year. It's a really you know solid what they year. say? It's about $8 million per war. That's yeah. how they kind of evaluated of in free agents. You want you pay about eight million per one point zero F four, four point seven F four in the second fucking half. Arm. Let's get to the card aspect of it because you brought up an interesting point pre-record. Kind of shocked me, but also I think it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to to get into this, and and we're starting to, you know, definitely in the off season, especially, I'll be writing up a lot more on like, you know, what's going on in the hobby. And I've got a lot of my friends, uh, even that don't collect too much, just interested in browsing on like golden auctions and on eBay, just seeing what cards are selling for. And uh, I saw an Aaron Judge out of five Bowman Chrome Auto, which is like that's the prospect card. That's the the Mike Trout card that sold for millions of dollars, that was his Bowman Chrome Auto as well, but it was his one of one. Out of five is Cream basically of the, the next best thing, right? 
$180,000 is just sold for on golden auctions. It's a 9.5 out of 10 uh, graded by Beckett. And I mean, that is a large chunk of change. But at the same time, Julio Rodriguez sold for almost 100,000 more, about 80,000 more, um, which is which is crazy. His Bowman Chrome Auto out of five, Julio Rodriguez just sold for around $250,000 or maybe a little bit more than that. At first, I was like, wait a second, that's crazy. Why would you pay more for Julio than Judge? But what also makes this so amazing about Judge, Peter, is like, yeah, we saw that amazing season in 2017. I mean, he was unbelievable then. Now he's topping that several years later, but he's having this career year at age 30. And, you know, he's going to finish with a very, very strong career. But if we're talking about, you know, maybe investing in a guy that's, you know, going to be one of the all time greats, Judge is going to have to do this for five or six years straight almost. Uh, maybe not quite to this level. It might be asking a little much, but he's going to have to be pretty insane uh, to, to finish amongst the greats. And I thought it was kind of interesting that we're seeing more investment into the youngsters uh, than Aaron Judge. I still would want to have Aaron Judge at $180,000 if I had that kind of money. Uh, but I thought it was pretty interesting conversation there for for how much less it was than some of the youngsters. Okay, I have a question for you. If you had $300,000, if I handed you a briefcase with 300 grand in it and I said, "Aram, would you rather put it into Julio Rodriguez or would you rather spend 180,000 for an Aaron Judge Bowman Chrome Auto and then spend 120,000 on whatever the hell else you want, but you have to spend it on cards. It's not like, yeah. "Oh, I could put 120,000 into a beautiful apartment in New York City instead of living in a little box like we tend to do." Yeah. I'm talking about you have to spend have it on spend cards. On is that worth it for you or is the because Julio Rodriguez is 21 years old and Julio Rodriguez looks like a Ronald Acuna Jr. But Ronald Acuna Jr. tore his ACL. Now he's putting together a rougher season. Is that mean that I don't believe Ronald Acuna Jr. moving forward? Absolutely not. But there is always my pants that if I had concern. six figures in him. <laughs> exactly. And with a guy like Aaron judge we see the trajectory that he's on but he's also a bigger dude and we can't forget that he's dealt with injuries in the past has he dealt with injuries this year no but does that mean he's going to be perfect from age 30 to 37 absolutely not so it's a tough decision here where would you lean i think that's actually the most insanely difficult question to answer because i, I look at I judge and i mean if he passes marriage on the spot here that's yeah what we do. I, obviously <laughs> I mean, if he passes Maris, dude, like that's that's historic in itself. Like we're always going to look at Judge mm. for that reason. And I'm like, there's I mean, look, why do we all know Roger Maris? Like he was a good baseball player, but it was that one season, right? Like he wasn't one of the all time greats. He was really freaking good, but he wasn't one of the all time greats. He just had that that season. I'd probably still go Julio just because he's starting so early. And you talked about it before we started recording. I mean, Aaron Judge really broke in at twenty five closer to 26 years old and got a later start. Whereas you look at a Julio Rodriguez, what kind of numbers can this guy compile by the time he's, he's done, right? He could be just about it at one of the all time greats in almost every single department. But at the same time, you have a hundred thousand dollars extra to spend on other guys and you get to just lock in Aaron judge. Here's my question for you. And this is a big kind of part in this judge has 213 home runs this year. Let's say for round numbers, he finishes the year with 220. He'll be 31 next year. What does he realistically finish with? Like we're hoping he gets to 500, right? Like that would be the hope that he's going to, that would put him in the hall of fame, but he doesn't really rank amongst the all time greats in the compiling statistics. And does that matter? 
Uh, that that's the interesting question. Where do you think Judge finishes? Where when it's all said and done? So you said he's around. Let's say he 220 has 50, for round numbers by the end of this. He year. has 55 home runs. So let's say he finishes the season with 59 home runs, just for round numbers' sake. Finishes the year with 220 home runs. Do I think he could have more? Yes, but for round numbers' sake. So he needs. 280 more home runs to get to 500. That's 28 per year for 10 seasons. If he can, if he can hit, if he can hit 40 on average over the next three, that's 120. So that's cutting it down pretty close. Yeah. I think, I think he finishes without, I think, like I, I was actually looking into this earlier. I think he's going to finish with 550 career home runs. Yeah. That's where I think he'll be around. And I think that he'll be when it's all set because I do think he's going to re-sign with the I Yankees too. too. And I think that's an element to it. And whether we like it or not, the career Yankee with 500 plus home runs is going to be a first ballot hall of famer. And with Julio as amazing as he is, as amazing as he is. And I believe he, he was, he, he was my number one overall prospect. Like I'm not the prospect guru, but I, you almost got me into it because you were sending his minor league numbers compared to Wander Franco. And then I talked to you and I was like, well, how can it not be him? Now that he's defending, now that he's still 20, 25 bases here, I'm like, how could it not? Like I, I want, but then I look at Adley and then it's, you know, Bobby Witt's amazing, but it's all, they're all awesome. But I had Julio because I thought to myself, this is a MVP winner, but judge is probably going to win the MVP this year. And so maybe. everything that we hope Julio can be Aaron judge is. Yeah, I agree. Right. So I'm taking the, what is rather than the, what could be, but the, what could be with Julio could be in a rod esque career. I, like absolutely. Who, who knows? He could hit 600 home runs. It's also worth noting. Bases. It's also worth noting. He's playing his entire career in Seattle and, and a career Yankee. Like that's the, look at the Mickey Mantle card that just sold for $12 million. So exactly. I, to answer your question, I agree. I think I'm taking judge and then I'm going to take that other hundred thousand and sprinkle that's a 15 K into some of my favorite prospects. Another chunk of change into Michael Harris, which I'm working on a piece real quick. I want to tell you this right now, uh, some of my Michael Harris thoughts, and then we'll get into the free agents here. But I also sprinkle into Michael Harris. I could sprinkle into so many different players with that extra money. And I think you're seeing the names and the young players. People want to get in before it's too late. It's already too late. Now they're yeah. piling in and they're playing, paying way too much. It's like betting on a line after it already moved and you're trying to get in at the last minute and you already missed it or trying to live bet when the odds are way less in your favor and you just feel bad that you missed the bet. Like the boat is gone. Like you're not going to make money on Julio Rodriguez at this point unless he's better than Aaron Judge. I'd rather bet on Aaron Judge to keep being Aaron Judge for another five years. I want to talk to you about Michael Harris. I tweeted out a stat today. Yeah. I don't know. Did you see this this tweet that I had today about comparing Michael Harris and Julio Rodriguez's stats so far through their rookie season? I don't know if you saw this, but th- this is crazy. Julio Rodriguez threw 100. The only really sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was only I was only going to say that I think Julio only beats him in F four because he's played 30 more games. It, that's literally it. So. And I'm not saying Harris is better. This is more just to contextualize how freaking good Michael Harris is. This is not a knock on J-Rod, who is one of the best young players we've seen in in some time. Julio Rodriguez threw 123 games, 277, 340, 494 slash line, 25 homers, a 141 WRC plus, 
He's 24 for 31 on stolen bases, seven outs above average, 4.6 F4. Michael Harris of the Braves, 93 games. That's 30 less games. 311, 352, 557 slash line, 18 home runs. He only has seven less extra base hits, by the way. A 149 WRC plus, 16 for 17 on stolen bases, five outs above average, and a 4.5 F war. Julio Rodriguez had one of the best rookie seasons we've seen in some time, and Michael Harris is matching him in 30 less games. I just wanted to put some respect on Michael Harris's name because what he's been doing has just been special. Two things that jump out at me about both of those things. First is the fact that Michael Harris is slugging that much. Yes, right. Remember, Michael Harris is a what? Five foot 10, five foot 11 outfielder. How tall is Michael Harris? Like Julio Rodriguez is six, three, two, thirty. Yeah, always projected to have this power. I've seen some balls come off of Michael Harris's bat when, of course, when he goes pull side and cranks one, it's awesome. But I always thought, and I've said this on the podcast before, but it sticks in my mind like few other balls in baseball. Yes, sticks in my mind like balls. When Rafael Devers <laughs> hit that, ball off a rolled his Chapman when it, he went like 103 oppo. to the edge of the strike zone and he went oppo that still reigns so much in my head yeah and then I see Michael Harris do that at the same age not once not twice three times not off 102 but just that thump to the opposite way from a guy who's just not the same stature no but then with on the Julio aspect, Michael Harris, what a defender, right? One of the better defensive center fielders. Julio at 6'3, 230 has more defensive or outs above average. I know it's an accumulation stat, so it's like Still. if Michael Harris plays more games, he should be better. And Michael Harris is a better defender than Julio. But holy shit, Julio. Yeah. You also have seven outs above average. Yeah. Like both of these players are so incredible and comparing themselves them to each other almost makes them better. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. And, and I'll add on the, the scouting side of things, because I think you bring up two really great points. Scouts across the industry were wrong about Julio's glove and his speed, right? That, yep. that he was a, almost a guarantee by so many evaluators to move to a corner and, you know, be an av- above average runner at best. Michael Harris, the entire industry undersold his power, right? You look at fan graphs, wherever you look, 50 game power at best, 55 raw power at best. Michael Harris, you talk about how hard he hits the baseball. Dude, he's hit, he's put up exit velos of 113, 114 miles an hour this year. That's elite. His 90th percentile exit velocity is among some of the best in the game. Uh, that's absolutely insane to me because, like you said, he just looks like a skinny, five foot 11, you know, left-handed hitter that can poke the ball around. He had not that many home runs through the early portions of his professional career. And now we're seeing him tap into power. So all that to say, these are two guys that are rare examples of they're better at the big league level than they were in the minors somehow, and are showing us way more tools than anyone thought they would have somehow, which never happens. Um, And they're both locked up for the foreseeable future as well. And so young. So, yeah, they're about 21. 
21 years old. I feel young at 24. They are three years younger than us. They would be freshmen when we were seniors at high school. We'd be shoving these dudes in the lockers. Probably not Julio. Probably no, shoving us I'd be in shoving lockers. us in lockers. <laughs> but yeah, no, but point stands. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. And it, these guys won't be hitting free agency anytime soon, um, which is awesome at the same time. And Bobby Wood Jr. is just getting so. Yeah. Bobby Wood Jr. is just getting so overshadowed here. Yeah, even though he's. And he's having a 2020 season yeah. and he runs faster than anybody in baseball. Like the youth movement in this game is, is almost the story of this year. Yep. Like Adley, you know, I, I came out and tweeted that let's pump the brakes and putting Adley as the best catcher in baseball. I just saw that across the board through 50 games. And I just thought, okay. We did this with Wander. It's not like Wander isn't incredible, but let's just can I, can I see more, please? Can I just see a little yeah, bit like, more? Can we, we don't and need to deem somebody the best right away, right? And since then, he's been better. Look, yeah. Since then, he's been better than what he was in the first 50 games. I watch his at bats and I'm, I think to myself, how could I not? Yeah. I mean, there's not other catchers that I want more than him, but I still think to myself, baseball is about longevity. Like do this a little bit longer before I before I crown you, but at the same time I think to myself, well, right now like many, Strider, it's yeah. like how many more pitchers do I want more than Strider? Yeah, it's just they're incredible and they're becoming the best players in baseball immediately. It's awesome. It's it's wild and I think we're seeing now. I mean, guys are so talented and the minor leagues are so tough now that you're seeing guys kind of get acclimated quicker and, and translate into all star caliber players quicker. Uh, and, and it's almost caused us to to reevaluate the way we look at things. Like, yes, I think we should always be cautious and pump the brakes before we just deem a hot start. Like, is the Adley out of the gate best catcher in baseball? Like, no, let's relax. Let's see it. But now we're seeing some of these guys just do it, uh, and it's been really fun to watch. And I think we're going to see a lot of fun young players in the postseason. Um, let's get into these free agents because it was really fun, kind of just going over this with you via text, and you know, just getting into just what some of the best deals were. And we were able to pinpoint 10 contracts that were above 15 million average annual value that we think were positives. And I think that the best way you could look at it is like, if you could get a basically mulligan on this and say, I want out of this deal now, would you do it? And I wouldn't do it on any of these guys. Um, and I think that's a really important kind of thought exercise there. The one other note I want to say before we get into it and we forget we did not include guys who re-signed in this just to make it a little bit more fun and interesting because, you know, it's easier to know what you've gotten a guy when you re-sign him versus when you bring a guy from the American League to your team in the National League or vice versa and you're about to fork up, you know, nine figures and, and bring a guy over. Like, that is a lot more challenging and a lot scarier, and we wanted to kind of focus on that. Exactly. Astros re-signing Justin Verlander. Awesome. awesome. He, you know, if he didn't get hurt, he might be the Cy Young. And even if he did get hurt, he might still be the Cy Young. Clayton Kershaw has not thrown that many innings for the Los Angeles Dodgers, but I'm sure they make that deal again. The back mm-hmm. issue was something of to be concerned about. Hasn't really been that much of concern. Has he been fully healthy this year? No. In the 96 innings that he's thrown, has he been one of the better pitchers in baseball? Yes. You'd make that deal again in a second. Anthony Rizzo has been a great addition for the New York Yankees. He has 30 home runs. He's got a WRC plus 136. Anthony Rizzo at that short-term deal. You know, Yankee fans were up in arms about Freddie Freeman. And honestly, 
I mean, Freddie is definitely on this list, and we're going to talk about him in a second. But Anthony Rizzo re-signing with the Yankees, that was a great deal there by Brian Cashman. I'm sure there were others that we're forgetting, but those were the three main ones. Yep. So let's get straight into a lot of the best deals um, that were signed in the offseason. Um, and we'll start with Marcus Semyon. Um, so he signed a seven-year, $175 million deal with the Texas Rangers at $25 million AAV, which is the average annual value. Very solid season for Semyon. Defense, he's a plus defender um, at shortstop. He's a 2020 guy, 21 home runs, 24 stolen bases. Um, you know, just not getting on base, but he's never really gotten on base. He's got a 321 OBP for his career, and he's his on base percentage this year is 299. So the WRC plus doesn't look great at 101, but he's still an above average hitter. He's a 3 2 war guy. He gives you speed. He's got the most stolen bases um, in a season this year than he's ever had. Um, 21 home runs. He's probably going to finish with a 25 and 30 season. Good signing by the Rangers. I mean, is he delivering to the aspect of $25 million a year? Maybe not quite, but did you get what you paid for? I think you did. Is that fair? I think it is too. And if there's one deal where it's the closest to like, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence. It's probably this one, but it, when you don't have a salary cap and you know the Rangers are very focused on trying to build a solid roster. Now, this is a guy that you can pencil in for you know, a three to four win season on the low end. And we're seeing that now. And I think he's only going to get better as he gets more comfortable. He got better in the second half. It was a disastrous start for him. WRC plus closer to 107 in the second half. You know, the stolen bases have, have been up. He's continued to play better defense as the year's gone on. And I, I think he's going to be even better next year. I think he's going to settle back in. I think he's going to be just fine. But it, this is the one that we, we were like kind of discussed. We're like, it's on the edge. But you mentioned the defense before we recorded. And you mentioned it again here. You mentioned the, the stolen bases and also the power that you get from second base. Uh, I would still do this deal, uh, assuming I'm not a cash-strapped franchise, which the Rangers clearly aren't. Uh, it's a solid contract that I still think will get better. And he's not punching out, which is also a really good trend for him. And he'll probably finish close to four war. I think it'll be three, five, three, six. Uh, it's a pretty solid deal because the average annual value is not that much. It's a long deal and that's going to be tough on the back end. We'll see, but I think he's going to age well in this contract because of the fact that he's already playing second base. And we have to remember you pay $8 million for 1.0 war. So if he finishes with four war, which I don't know if he does, but he's going to be close. That's $32 million a year yeah. by the, the standard set. So, and you paid $25 million for him in year yeah. one where he started off horribly. Yeah. Good deal. It's not, not great deal. Good deal. Good enough for sure. And and I think it also the Rangers have a lot to look forward to. And that's a guy that you can count on while you're you know hoping the prospects start to contribute. Uh, the guy I wanted to highlight now and, and an, another really good signing that you know, we we were definitely all a little cautiously optimistic when it came to Kevin Gossman because Gossman had a pretty disastrous uh, second half relative to what he did in the first half last year. But that didn't deter the Blue Jays. And, and they went out and they gave him five years, one hundred and ten million dollars, which equates to twenty two million AAV. I mean, that is a great contract given what you got from Kevin Gossman this season. And we said for this to be a good deal, he needs to just be between what he was in the first half last year and in the second half last year. He's been exactly that. Uh, you look at the ERA at 331, the FIP is much better at 2.29. That being because he keeps the ball in the yard for the most part and he he does not walk a ton of guys. So FIP is always going to love him a bit more. 
Uh, but still, I mean, what, what he's given the Blue Jays, I mean, you take him from this Blue Jays team, they're out of the wild card hunt, right? I mean, it's Manoa and just about nobody else. So, I mean, this has been, I think, one of the most impactful signings this offseason, given where the Blue Jays are and what they needed and what they didn't get for Barrios, I think, in hindsight, is one of the most impactful signings. And at $22 million a year, at 31 years old, I think Gossman's going to continue to do this for the next four seasons after this. I'm going to go a step further. I think it was the most impactful. Maybe not at the time because you expected Jose Barrios to be not terrible. You expected Yusei Kikuchi to be a major league pitcher. You didn't expect Ross Stripling to be the third best pitcher in your rotation this year if you're a Toronto Blue Jays no. fan, but that's been the reality of the fact. So when you look at you, we all expected Manoa to be great, but I don't think that when we look back, if we were like, eh, will Gosman be great? Gosman's been great and then some and been so important for the Blue Jays. And they're a team that we're going to talk about at the end when we're talking about a wildcard chase. And you get Manoa and Gosman in a three-game series. Arm that's tough to beat. I don't care who you are, especially I, with this offense starting to heat up. I like agree. that is and starting pitching wins championships. And when you're the Toronto Blue Jays, you can go up with Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa against any duo in the sport and feel confident that you can win both games. Absolutely. There isn't a free agent on this list besides maybe Scherzer, but the Mets have such an amazing yeah. team. If yeah. they lost Scherzer for the rest of the season, you have DeGrom, you have Bassett, you have Carrasco, you have so many other guys that you could rely on. Like the Blue Jays need Gosman more than ever. And they got a pitcher that is worth more than $22 million AAV. They just have 100%, 100%. Who's your, who's your next guy you want to highlight? I really want to talk about Robbie Ray because on this podcast, we have slandered Robbie Ray, mostly Jack. I was on the side where I think that Robbie Ray is going to be a good pitcher, but, and I think there were moments where we all questioned it though. Like he looked rough. No, we questioned it. We questioned it. Like it was not, you know, I'm I'm not sitting on this boat saying like, oh, I was always the Robbie Ray's going to have a three, five, six year. I got it. But I think I was just a little bit more positive on him only because I felt like he figured something out in Toronto. I didn't think he was going to be the Cy Young and he hasn't been the Cy Young, but I just didn't expect him to be the Robbie Ray that Jack McMullen thought he was going to be. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like Robbie Ray has a three, five, six ERA, three, five, four X ERA, three, nine, six, FIP, three, four, seven X FIP. He signed a deal this off season, five years, 115 million for 23 million AAV. He's striking out over 10 guys per nine. He's been a workhorse, 166 innings. You know, when you pitch that much day in day out, you know, the walks have, been a problem but remember in his Cy Young season he walked 2.42 guys per nine innings this year it's 2.86 so it hasn't gotten that much worse and he's actually allowing less home runs per nine than he did last year the ground ball rate is higher than it was last year he's put together a solid season yeah um and I think the only difference here is that Maybe the FIP from last year, Aram, like he had a 369 FIP to a 284 ERA. That's just normalizing yeah. this yeah. year. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that Robbie Ray has been not the Cy Young candidate, but what they paid for. And you know what? If I'm the Mariners, I would have said he's been worth more than this. I agree. Like with agree. with with Semyon, he's been worth the money. Yeah. Robbie Ray has been worth more than $23 million. He has been this year. Especially with the Mariners, you know, just just getting a left-hander in there that isn't uh, 
you know, the same guy that Marco. they were going out there. Yeah, I was going to say Marco Gonzalez. Like it, it, the fact that they're able to to put somebody else out there that they can count on for a quality start. But what I like about Robbie Ray, and this you know, this isn't going to really show up in the stats as much, but I, I think something that this Mariners team really needed, especially with the the youngsters they have on the bump for the most part. You know, they do go out and get Luis Castillo, who you know I think has been phenomenal through this entire season and looks like a, a frontline guy, but George you're Kirby's relying a my lot favorite. of, yeah, he's, he's freaking awesome. But, but Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, you're relying on youngsters. So to get this veteran in here that, you know, seems to be churning out quality starts, you talk about the innings, but what I like about race, he can take over a ball game. Like, yes, there'll be some times where he, he, he can look a little iffy, but I think he's minimized that where he doesn't have as many of the blow up starts. And he has more of those takeover outings where, in the postseason, I could see him just shoving. And we've seen him now strike out double-digit guys on a handful of occasions, tw- at least 12 batters twice, at least 10 batters, I believe six times, and at least seven batters 13 mm. times. So he has the ability in that postseason to take the ball game two and potentially shove and, and win you a ball game. And I, I think that's something that you, you can't quite quantify and is is extremely valuable for this Mariners team. And he's really helped them be one of the base, one of baseball's hottest teams down the stretch here. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but you know, I, I think without a doubt was worth it. Robbie Ray, five years, one ten. Kevin got or one fifteen, excuse me. Kevin Gossman, five years, one ten. Both no brainer contracts, and I think Gossman even a little bit better, but still both great deals. Absolute no brainer, and I thought Robbie Ray was going to be good. To be honest with you, I didn't think he'd be this good. Yeah. I thought he would be in the three, seven, three, eight range with around a four ish FIP. But no, I mean, the, the FIP is around three, nine, six, but the ERA is a bit lower than that. And the walks have been lower than I that, thought. They, yeah, that's the thing. I was that's another aspect to of it, too. I thought the walks might regress a little bit. Or I, I thought that the strikeouts might take a step back a little bit. And though the strikeouts did dip a tiny bit, I mean, he's maintaining more than a 10 K nine. Like you're you're good at that range, especially as a lefty uh, going to the next guy. Going to a lefty hitter now, because I think this has been an interesting season for Kyle Schwarber. Uh, but I think he's been a huge part of keeping this Phillies team afloat, especially when Bryce Harper hit the IL and you know, Schwarber four years, $79 million, which basically you know, boils down to a $19.75 million average annual value. And you know, you're paying for the bat here. And, and we talk about the war breakdown. Um, you're not going to get the, the, the F war value uh, when you sign a player like Kyle Schwarber, but I think given what the Phillies have gotten here, 37 home runs this season. Sure. I'd like to see, you know, the on-base percentage higher than 312. And I don't think this has been uh, the best season by Schwarber's standards. And I think that he's going to have better seasons beyond this, but you take Schwarber away from this team. And I don't know if they survive the, you know, Bryce Harper absence. Uh, I know the bullpen stepped up. I know some starters stepped up, but their offense was really held together in, in a lot of spur- spurts, especially with the left-handed power of Kyle Schwarber, probably going to finish with 40 pumps. You can't replace that. And, and I think that could be a huge part of the postseason for them. When he gets hot, he he goes on better stretches than just about anybody we've seen in this game. Here, here's my opinion on Kyle Schwarber. If I told you, Arm, at the beginning of the season, you got to pay $20 million for 40 home runs. He's not going to play good defense. He's not going to hit 250. You know, he's going to have an OBP a little bit above 300. Would you take it? I think you would. I would. I think he's in the same breath as Marcus Semien in the terms of what you got for what you paid for. Yeah. But I wouldn't take it back. 
And I think what the Phillies did and what teams that were looking at Schwarber were they were betting on the batted ball data. That Kyle Schwarber hits the ball harder than most. And more often than not, that's going to lead to extra base hits and he's going to be a valuable hitter. That's what they got. Yep. And I think Kyle Schwarber is a good addition. And I think it's going to get better than this too. I really do. I think this is kind of the baseline for him, right? He's striking out pretty much at the highest rate we've seen him in his career uh, in a full season, uh, but still remaining productive. He's walking a little bit less than he did last year. I think that will improve as well. And consistently having Harper either in front of him or behind him, I think will definitely help with that as well. Uh, I'm expecting Schwarber to, to be better next year, but even then with a bit of a up and down year to have what we will presume is 40 pumps, assuming he hits three more, that's it's still a really strong season. And it's not like they had to cough up an absorbent amount of money. I think they would do it again if they could. And I also think it's important to relate the home runs to the rest of the league because the rest of the league, the story has been that offense has been down this whole year, you know, with how good pitchers are with the sticky stuff ban. And yes, Kyle Schrober is 37 home runs. That doesn't seem like a absolute ton when you look at Aaron Judge with 55, but Kyle Schrober's second in baseball. Yeah. He's second in all of baseball. So when I say, what about 40 home runs? You may think, oh, yeah, I mean, that's a ton of home runs. That's awesome. But if I said he's going to be first in the National League in home runs, would you pay 20 million for that? I would. Yeah. That was a good deal. And one last note on that, too, is is he probably wouldn't be playing in the field this much if it weren't for Harper's injury, both before, you know, when he was just DHing because of the elbow and then also missing time. You, know, you probably would have seen Schwarber more in the DH role. And his F war wouldn't have been, you know, beat down as much because I don't think the Phillies signed Schwarber with the expectation of him playing as much outfield as he had. So that kind of hurt him in that department as well. May have hurt his offensive output as well with how much outfield he's had to play this season and not something that, you know, I think he's really meant to do at this stage of his career. That's a great point. They signed him to be a DH. And when you sign a guy to be a DH and then you put him in left field and say, go give us a bunch of games out there. What do you expect? 118 so far this year, only 15 games at DH. What so, do you expect? Yeah. He's doing his best. He's doing his best. Yeah. Who do you got? Let's talk about let's talk about a guy who I'm just in love with. I'm in love with Carlos Rodon. I'm in love with everything about Carlos Rodon. Um, I was super high going into the season on him. Uh, I thought he clearly figured something out. I thought that the high spin fastball at the top of the zone and the slider coming from the left side is one of the nastier combinations in the sport. And he's absolutely delivered once again in 162 innings. Kind of dispelled the narrative that he can't make it through a season yeah. and he's just super injury prone. And he bet on himself at two years, 44 million with an opt-out. And he's probably going to sign a big deal this offseason because of it. 293 ERA, 233 FIP, 5.4 F4. He's striking out almost 12 guys per nine, 162 innings. Like I said, he's just been very, very good. Like we saw him on 132 innings, put up a 237 ERA and a 4.9 F war, striking out almost 13 guys per nine, thinking, well, it can't get any better than that. And while it hasn't been better than that, it's been almost as good in 30 more innings, and he's only still pitching. Like Carlos Rodon has been one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball. And at $22 million per year, he's the best pitcher on this list besides Max Scherzer. And especially at two years, 
what a deal. One of the best free agent signings that there has been. A hundred percent, you know, a risk, a calculated risk, because, you know, the the narrative was valid, right? I mean, we all were like worried and and clearly every major league team was worried. Everyone knew how good Rodon could be, but nobody was willing to bet on that with a hundred million dollars over five years or whatever it would have been, right? Like there's a reason why he didn't get the contract that Gossman got or even Robbie Ray. He's more talented than I think both of them. But, you know, this guy's been through hell and back and, and his journey is incredible. And uh, I, I'm very happy for Odon to get that contract already. And he's going to get an even bigger one now soon. And just betting on himself. I love seeing guys, like you said, bet on themselves and and succeed and win. And you know, he already hit the innings limit for you know that option to be able to vest in the next season. And you know, I, I'm really excited to see how how he's able to kind of bring in a, a long term contract and what he's able to do. Uh, but it's been amazing. Every time I think he's going to fade, he doesn't. And and that's awesome. Uh, and that's got to be one of the steals of this offseason. It's a shame the Giants couldn't do more with that uh, because you, know, you, you figured if I told you before this year, oh, by the way, Rodon's going to pitch to the best of his ability and pretty much last the whole season. We'd be like, oh, the Giants are in the playoffs. So it's pretty crazy that the Giants were not able to kind of seize that. But I mean, he's been one of the lone bright spots for that team and then some. We're going to get to the next five free agents, but real quick, a message from our friends at Diet Smoke, which I've got the blue raspberry flavor over here. We're going to tell you a little about it, but Diet Smoke is the solution to avoid those, oh shit, I'm way too high moments, which I've unfortunately been there before. Diet Smoke makes Delta 8 THC, Delta 9 THC, and CBD products that are perfectly balanced. Their gummies, drinks, and vapes are not only delicious, but they gar- they're guaranteed to give you that beautiful buzz you've been looking for without melting into your couch. They extract their THC and CBD from American grown hemp, meaning they can ship and deliver straight to your door. No prescription, no sketchy weed dealer, no need to even lead the house. Diet Smoke just released a bunch of new products and flavors. So no matter what type of mood you're in, they've got you covered. If you want to go check it out now, head over to Diet Smoke and use promo code JUSTBASEBALL for 15% off your entire purchase. That's promo code just baseball for 15% off your entire purchase. Excuse me. Must be 21 or older to order. Again, blue raspberry looks really good. Right. Super here. relaxing, which is good because a lot of these, sometimes you, you take an edible and you go to another planet. Uh, yeah. You don't always want to do that. Sometimes you just want to be a little bit relaxed. You want to take the edge off. And it's not going to send you into another planet. It's just going to give you a perfect relaxation. Also helps with my sleep. Love what they have over there at Diet Smoke. Make sure you use the code just baseball. So you know that we sent you over there. Get yourself a pack. Might as well take the edge off. It's getting in even into the wintertime. Football is back. We're getting into October baseball. Absolute no brainer. Use code just baseball over there at Diet Smoke. And the link is in our episode description to make it easier for you. Yeah, I, I took too much one time because, you, you know, like certain amounts, you don't know how much is in there and uh, when it's not controlled in an actual legitimate company. And then I started watching Blake trying and throw sliders and I started freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, how does somebody do that? <laughs> freaking exactly, out. I don't like, turn a, it off. That's what I do. I watch Blake tried. I, I watch Blake tried and sinkers, not the sliders. I watch this. I watch sinkers the turbo blow your sinkers. mind more than the sliders. I think they do because they're 98. He's I, I mean, the sliders are. I don't yeah. know, but all just right. Blake Trinan. Right. When Blake you're on Trinan. Delta Eight, yeah, look up Blake Trinan. Yeah, just but yeah, you'll be in a much more comfortable situation uh, when when you try diet smoke and look up Blake Trinan. Uh, but let's talk about 
these last five free agent signings here because there's some big high profile signings that have aged well. And uh, it's always nice to go on the positive side of things. And, you know, I, I want to talk about Carlos Correa because I think that's an interesting one. The key kind of got the LeBron deal. Um, but if we look at the, the just overall value of the contract, right? Three years, $105 million. He does have opt-outs and he said he wants to stick there. He wants to stay there, but 35 million average annual value for Correa. You know, I think he was looking for the big, you know, $300 million deal wasn't quite there. So he goes higher AAV bets on himself can opt out after this season or after 2023. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that. And what the twins ultimately you know, decide to do there, if he does opt out, do they give him a big contract? I think they will, uh, because you look at what Correa has done this year, and it's pretty darn close to what he did last year offensively. The defense has been a little bit less impactful. I think part of that is because he's battled a little bit of injuries this year. Uh, but you look at last year, 6.2 F war, 26 homers. I mean, that is a little bit higher than what we've seen this year, but so far this season, WRC plus right at the same mark, 133 last year, 133 this year. Batting average, 279 last year, 278 this year. On base percentage is about 11 points lower, but you look at everything else, he's pretty much right there. Um, you know, I think the injuries are the question, but at the same time, he's been really good when he's on the field. He's been much better uh, as of late. And, and I think Correa, you know, when he's healthy, which is the big if, but when he is healthy, one of the best players in baseball. The power has really come back in the second half. And I mean, at $35 million, you're taking that any day of the week. And then that's a big reason why the twins have been in the playoff on so far this year. I think it's very hard. You know, when we look at all of these free agents that just signed big deals with new teams that they did better than their contract year. And I think what's more important is to compare what Carlos Correa has done this year, maybe to his overall career averages, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So when we compare it to the best season that Carlos Correa has ever had, Maybe he's not quite there, yeah. but the fact that he's close is what you paid for and more with a superstar type player like Carlos Correa. When we're talking about how the defense has ticked down a little bit, he had an historic defensive yeah. season. Like when we're comparing it to that, yeah, the defense has ticked down, but he's still well above average. He's still one of the better defensive shortstops in all of baseball. And then if he gives you a 133 WRC plus, that turns him into one of the better shortstops at one of the most premium positions, which makes him one of the better players in overall baseball and totally worth the money. A hundred percent. And I, again, this is another guy where, you know, I think if you're able to lock him up, I, I just think you can almost count on him to, and again, I think it's been really big, even though he's been sore and missed games here and there, he has stayed on the field for the most part, right? Like his, his absences have only been for a couple games here, a couple games there. He's going to finish this year still with the majority of games played will be somewhere around 130, 140 games, which in today's game is, is, is more than enough. And I, what we've seen from him over the last month, it was a bad July, really good August. And it's been great to start his September. Uh, that's what you pay for, for him to be great in the second half and keep that into the postseason. I think what, what we've really kind of been an underrated aspect of Carlos Correa is how good he is in the postseason. I mean, already one of the best, you know, postseason performers in terms of overall statistics that we've seen, you know, over the last 20 years. And by the time he's done, assuming he plays on a competitive team, stays with the twins, let's say they continue to trend in the right direction, whether they make it or don't this year, he's going to be one of the best all-time postseason players. And I mean, that's a big part of what the twins are trying to build here in terms of a culture. And also he's taken on that leadership role. We've heard about Royce Lewis and, you know, the way he's really been, you know, 
able to kind of lead him. Unfortunately, went down with an injury, but I, I think there's a big leadership component, a lot of intangibles there that Correa brings to the table. Uh, you know, not quite the year he had last year, but still, like you said, it's been worth the deal. And I'm interested to see how they handle it moving forward and whether he opts in or opts out. And he's been really cr- clutch in the postseason, but really clutch in the regular season too. Like I've seen, I know you've probably seen, I've seen it myself, plenty of twins games where, you know, it's the bottom of the ninth or, you know, it's the seventh inning and it's tie ball game and you need to hit. And Carlos Correa has delivered more times than he hasn't. He's not a guy who disappears when the lights shine bright. He's a guy who rises to the occasion. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what you pay for on top of the overall stat line of the regular season. You play for a guy who you need to get to that ball at short up with two outs bases loaded he gets there and he fires over a bullet you need uh, an rbi tie ball game carlos correa delivers that's what you pay for 100 um moving on to another shortstop who signed the biggest deal of the offseason at 10 years 325 million dollars 32.5 million it's course eager he's been good not great but good. And when you look at his, for example, he's a 130 WRC plus guy for his career. He's at 119 this year, but he's a four war player in 2022. The only ever times he's approached for war is in 2016 and 2017. So since then, this has been his best season in terms of war because he's put together a pretty solid defensive season. What was always kind of the, Worry there with Seager, you know, with Seager, he is a six foot four, 215 pound guy who has never been that rangy, but three outs above average this year, negative four defensive runs saved. So he's been pretty solid over there at shortstop. Um, He's still walking at a very solid rate. He's striking out the least since 2018. And in 2018, he barely even played. So basically the least of his career in a full season. And he has 29 jacks. He set his record for home runs um, with the Texas Rangers. His previous high was 26 with the Dodgers in really what was his rookie season. So there are some aspects to Corey Seager's game where he's been the best of his career. But then there's been some aspects where he's not been the 300 hitter, you know, but he's hitting 248. But in most aspects, Corey Seager has been what you paid for. When you're paying a guy $32 million and he's got a 4F4 already, you got what you paid for for the biggest deal of the offseason. Not in terms of AAV because we're going to get to Scherzer in a minute, but in terms of the longest deal, I think if you said Texas Rangers, Corey Seager is going to be a 4.2 F4 guy in his first season. Would you take it? Would you take the deal back? I think they'd be like, no, yeah, that's good. We'll take that for sure. Yeah. So overall, solid, solid season from Seager. Yeah, it's been an interesting one for sure. Uh, But I agree. Very solid. Interesting to see him. You know, he's going to hit 30 home runs this year, presumably. And uh, that's something, like you said, he's never done before. 26 was his career high going into this year. And, you know, I'm kind of curious what what is Corey Seager's identity going to be moving forward? Because there's a dude that hit 40 doubles in a season twice. Did it back in 2016, and then in 2019, he hit 44. It is a guy that usually is sprayed the ball, split the gap, and then also tapped into some power. Now we're seeing 30, 35 home run power. Can he balance that out with a little bit more consistency at the plate? Then at this point, it looks like maybe even a, a great value deal. But if he sticks to this, right, 250, 260, you assume he gets on base at a 330, 340 clip, but plays 
average defense at shortstop and a left-handed stick that gives you this kind of power. I think you're pretty happy with that. And I do think both he and Semyon, as this Rangers team gets better, they'll be a little bit more invigorated. I think they knew that it was going to be a long year this year, and it's been a long year uh, for the Texas Rangers, especially in the latter half of the season. Uh, Also, the lineup. I mean, Nate Lowe's been great, and that's been a really nice trend for them. But the rest of that lineup, you don't have much protection. And and when I'm getting ready to face the Rangers, those are the two guys I'm not really letting beat me. Now Lowe's in that conversation too, but for most of this year, it was not letting Seager beat me, not letting Semyon beat me. And you know, I think they're kind of adjusting to that as well because talk about two guys that were in two of the best lineups in baseball last year. Now they're the focal point of an offense and it's a little bit different. I think both guys are going to tick up next year. And if this is the bottom, which I think this is pretty close to what it's going to be for both of them, that's fine. I'll take that at this value. Absolutely. I'd take that at this value. 32 and a half. He gives you that. Give me that. 29 home runs. Yeah, I'll take that. Let me talk about a guy that depresses me. Uh, not because of who he is. I love who he is. Starling Martez depresses me because of just the, the whole Marlin situation there, right? I mean, I've watched enough. I watched JJ, JJ Bleday drop a fly ball in center field. I, not, I think I've seen now three or four different Marlins drop fly balls in center field. Um, it, Sterling Marte, he hasn't been playing center, but hell, man, I would have loved to see him play center for the Marlins, even if he was not the best at it uh, at this point in his career. He has been so good. And, you know, th- the Mets did not really have to give up a ton of money for this guy because not a lot of teams were willing to go four years for a guy that is you know going to be 34 years old in a few weeks here. But the Mets were more than willing to. They go four years, 78 million on Starling Marte. And you know, that is a great deal. That's less than 20 million AAV. It's 19.5 to be exact. And you know, to get what you've gotten from Starling Marte this season, it's a no brainer deal, right? He gives you speed still at this point. He puts the ball in play as consistently as anybody. He plays good defense in the corners. Uh, and he's also going to tap into some power. He's having one of the better power seasons we've seen from him since really 2019, but one of the better of his career. If he was healthy, obviously on the IL right now with a, with a broken or messed up finger, he'll be back soon enough. But you know that's kind of stifled some of the you know progress and compiling he had numbers wise. But 292, 347, 468. It's a 134 WRC plus, a three F four basically, 18 stolen bases, uh, and the 16 homers. And Marte's been a great table setter for this team, and he's done a little bit of everything for them. And it's a shame that he's hurt right now because I think the numbers would have you know continued to compile there, but. I'll take an 8.14 OPS with speed and solid defense overall any day of the week. Yeah, if you want to compare him to that 2021 year where he had the best season of his career, the highest walk rate, <clears throat> one of the lowest walk rates, set his career high in F4 at 5.5. He'd never been above 4.5 before that, dating back to 2014 with Pittsburgh. Yeah, you could say this is sort of a disappointment. But when you look at 134 WRC plus, which matches his career high from last year and is much better than his 119 for his career. He's been kind of like Seager, just doing some things where he's setting career highs and being really good and worth the money, but just maybe not the best of his career. But there are some aspects where you say to yourself, 19 million, if I could do it over again, would I? Absolutely. And I'm sure that there were teams that thought to themselves, will Marte last through this deal? And that's something to worry about. But I think a lot of teams are saying, is that year going to be way better than what we're going to get for the preceding four? And that's why we don't want to sign it. Maybe that's what the Marlins thought. Maybe that's what other teams thought. 
I think they're kind of getting proved wrong by right now because he's been not quite as good as the best year of his career, but still one of the better years of his career. And he's been in the league now for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years. Yeah. It's one of the best in his career. Give me Starling Marte. Love this deal. Exactly. And, and I think that's a really encouraging sign that, you know, he's I don't think anybody was expecting him to replicate what he did last year. I mean, last year was was insane. But the fact that he is right there in WRC plus, the power is actually up. Uh, you're still seeing speed be a part of his game. The defense has been fine in the corner. Um, yeah, I, I think you got to feel really good about this deal if you're the Mets. And he fits their whole, I think, approach this year, which has been grind you out, put the ball in play, wreak havoc on the bases, and, and then let Pete Alonzo and you know sometimes Endor, you know, drive in the runs with the power, but you know, they will grind you out. And Starling Marte is just a perfect example of a guy who's tough to strike out and will grind you out. And he's leaned into that role beautifully. And I know in the clubhouse, he's one of the favorites. Again, another guy that brings a lot beyond the field. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Marte, and uh, I think he's been a great fit for the Mets. Freddie Freeman signed a six-year, $162 million deal. $27 million AAV. Doug Gottlieb is now getting sued for all that mishaps over there with uh, basically lying about the Casey Close situation and that, you know, the Braves, I don't even know the full conversation. You can, you can probably address it more. Yeah, we, we talked about it. Jack and I were clowning Gottlieb, but basically for those who might've missed that episode, I mean, Gottlieb came out and said, Casey Close withheld the Braves final offer because he was afraid that, which would have been less than the Dodgers because he was afraid that he would, you know, Freeman would take less money to stay in Atlanta, which was just very much proven to not be true. Braves fans, you're going to hate hearing this. Dodgers fans, you're going to be overjoyed. This is the best Freddie Freeman season ever <laughs> over a full season. Yeah. In 2020, he had a 186 WRC plus and won the MVP. It's in 60 games. But over a full season, highest WRC plus he's ever had. 6.5 F4. The best since 2016. The only ever time he's been above six. And I think he's going to be above 6.6 F4 because we still have three, four weeks left of the season. The power isn't the 35 home runs that it has been, but everything else, he's striking out at the lowest rate of his career, walking plenty, hitting 330, still slugging over 500. 45 Lead, doubles. It's already Major League Baseball. Doubles. Yeah, exactly. Leads Major League Baseball, 158 WRC plus. His average is 140. Freddie Freeman has been everything that the Dodgers could have hoped for and more. Braves fans, did you know truly that Freddie is having probably the best year of his career in Los Angeles? That's a dagger. That is a dagger sentence. But the reality is, Aram at 32 years old, Freddie Freeman, if it weren't for Paul Goldschmidt winning the Triple Crown, would be right there in the MVP race and has probably been the best overall hitter on the Dodgers on the best offense in baseball. Yeah. Like Freddie is unreal. And I love talking about Freddie because this is one that I took personally when people bagged on us so much for putting Freddie above Vladdy. Yeah. That was one of the most hated takes we've ever had. And I said, what is with the disrespect of Freddie? Can Vladdy just do it again, please? Can he just do it again? 
I want him and to. And Freddie has been better, better than he's ever been before. So that's one that I want to say. Yeah. Screw the haters. <laughs> Freddie has been everything you could have hoped for and more. A hundred percent. And I mean, at least thank goodness the Braves had Matt Olson to, to soften the blow a little bit. But you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. You can't replace what what Freddie Freeman is doing right now. And uh, what I love and and the one thing that, you know, I was always very adamant about with Freeman is similar to Paul Goldschmidt. I just feel like his game's going to age like fine wine. This guy's going to be good throughout the entire duration of this six year, $162 million deal. And it's a longer term deal. And I think that's what he was looking for because 25 million AAV is, is really not that much for 27 million, whatever, whatever it averages out to for, for what you're getting. From from Freddie Freeman, I mean, like, it, this is a no brainer deal. I'd pay thirty five for this. I mean, we're talking about one of the most well rounded hitters in the game, who's putting up some of the best numbers of his career, like you said, in so many different departments. And oh, by the way, he's actually set a career high for stolen bases as well. He's eleven for thirteen on stolen bases for what that's worth. But uh, just leaning into his role perfectly, sure, the power not totally there in the home run department, but makes up for that with the extra base hits, not striking out putting the ball in play as much as he ever has. I mean, this has been wild to watch. And his second half has just been magnificent. Uh, what a great contract by the Dodgers who just, you know, never seen. It's not just spending. It's good spending that the Dodgers are doing here. Three outs above average. And by BSR, which is the base running stat on fan graphs, you see it right nestled in between WRC plus and offensive war. He has a 5.8 BSR. Best of his career. 32. I love Freddie Freeman so much. I'm obsessed with him. I'm also obsessed with Mookie. I'm just obsessed with the Dodgers. Dodgers. I am. I love them. I think they're incredible. They're pretty good at baseball. Um, Last free agent. Who are we missing here? Who's the last one? Oh, the highest paid one. The guy with two different color eyes. Yeah. Ever heard of him? I think I have. Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer making 43.3 AAV. Over the course of what is it, three year, $130 million deal? Um, that was the most expensive contract ever, really, in terms of AAV. But like, still, you're getting a Hall of Fame pitcher who just seems to just, yes, we've seen him physically slow down a little bit in terms of like he gets fatigued, he's missed some time with IL stints, whatever. But when he's on the mound, like he is still yeah. every bit of Max Scherzer and maybe and then some 127 and two thirds innings. A 2-2-6 ERA this season. I mean, you look at even the underlying stats, a 2-5-4 FIP. Uh, he's striking out guys still a, almost at 11 per nine. Walk rate is one of the lowest marks it's been of his career. He just continues to be dominant. And I think it's more of a precautionary thing here that we're seeing him on the IL. When he gets to the postseason, it's going to be more of the same. And he's going to shove. Max Scherzer is just one of the greatest to ever do it. Point blank, period. And I will fork up any amount of money for one of the greatest to ever do it. And he just continues to do it. Absolutely worth it. Absolutely 100,000% worth it at $43 million a year. Yep. What you paid for is one of the best pitchers in baseball. And on a per inning rate, that's exactly what you got. And what do you also pay for? You pay for a guy who's proved it in the postseason. You pay for those intangibles. At 38 years old, some people view that as a negative. I'm sure he's had a pretty solid influence on the rest of the starters in that rotation. And just an attitude that he brings to the field every day. That not only is he trying to beat you, he's trying to destroy you and bury you into the ground. That's what Max Scherzer does 
every fifth day. The only thing that has been that you can knock him for is just the amount of innings this yeah. year because he's dealt with a little bit of injuries. Yeah. But at 38, can you give him a break and he's yeah. going to be ready for the postseason? And that's what you want him for anyway, because you're going to make the playoffs. And now you have DeGrom Scherzer at the top of rotation and there is no better twosome in baseball. I think if they, if Mets fans asked, you know, if this is what he was going to give you during the regular season, then be ready for the playoffs. Yeah. They'd be like, we give him 45 million. Yeah. Absolutely. Every yeah. penny. Where do I sign? Yeah. Where do I sign? Especially given it's the Mets too. And like the context is important there because. Exactly. That's another good point. Like they, they have endless money. Um, but I, I think for anybody, it would be a great deal. You know, if the Marlins did it, I'd be like, it's pretty stupid uh, because you know, they're <laughs> obviously far off. But if you're a, com- a competitive team that's has world series aspirations, Go get the Hall of Famer. And the craziest part about this is even with the limited innings, much less than every other pitcher that's ahead of him in F4, he's 10th in F4 at 4.1, ahead of Corbin Burns, ahead of Zach Gallen, ahead of Shane McClanahan, who's also on the shelf, but still had thrown more innings than him at this point. I mean, he is right there with Dylan Cease, tied with Dylan Cease, who's thrown 162 innings. Really, there's only eight pitchers ahead of him in F4 even though he's pitched less innings. And that just shows you how dominant he is when he's on the field. I like this precautionary move uh, to make sure he's good to go in the postseason. And you assume he's fresh and ready to go. I mean, this was another one that besides Freddie Freeman, I'd say, you know, it's probably one of the best signings of the offseason, even though it's the most expensive. I mean, like you said, the one-two punch that you're getting here with two Hall of Famers, can't beat that. That'll do it. Only thing to wrap on. Um, before we get to one more note that I thought was pretty interesting that we haven't really talked about lately, but we have mentioned him in passing, but he's back up in the bigs. Um, make sure you use code just baseball when you're downloading prize picks. We're doing a bunch of daily fantasy stuff um, for the rest of the season, as well as in the NFL. And if you're a football fan, I host a podcast called not gambling advice talking about our NFL picks every Monday, every Thursday, every Sunday. And then arm, if you're more into prospect stuff, which we're about to talk about in a little bit, but if you want a more in-depth analysis into the prospect space, go check out arms podcast, the call up. And obviously all of our articles are on just baseball.com. And what about this? How about this? You get yourself some just baseball merch. You yeah. get, if you're this, far into the podcast we love you we love you to death can you rep our stuff tag me on twitter and then i'm gonna repost you how about that oh yeah not a good sell how about that oh, yeah. arm will repost you we'll I'm put in. you on our story get yourself some just baseball merch take a photo in it we're gonna put you everywhere all right you're gonna be a new model you put on it long sleeve i promise if you have a problem with the material you 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 dm me and you, you cause a ruckus because i promise you you won't it's beautiful material our guy over there kendall you got the best stuff for you we ain't gonna skimp you these aren't these, you know, T-shirts that are in a cannon that they throw yeah, say, you at a those stadium. Yeah, the they throw out at the games. Yeah, no. Look at this shirt. Look at these muscles. You see the way they hug my arms? He, They're he's beautiful. Not even, Peter's not even strong. It's just no, the shirt. It's <laughs> just the shirt. Get yourself some Just Baseball merch and happen a hat. I mean, why not? If we're on that, just get a hat. Like yeah. What? Yeah, why, why wouldn't you? But enough of that. Spencer Torkelson is back. With the Tigers, um, just went 416 feet. It was an out. He just got Camerica. <laughs> he got Camerica. <laughs> so he didn't go over the feds. But, but hey, Spencer Jorgensen is back. Yeah, you know what? You can't chase results if you're Torque at this point. You know, it's been it's been an up and down year. I we've talked about the Tigers and just how I think a lot of that is is a little bit contagious in terms of the struggles there. But you know, I was looking back at Torkelson's, you know, last 12, 13 games in the minor leagues. 
uh, before getting the promotion. And you know, I think I'm glad that now that I've looked at it, I'm glad the Tigers are letting him get up there, get comfortable, but trying to build a little bit of momentum going into the offseason. He was really settled back in in AAA over his last handful of games. He hit over hit 280 with a 413 on base over his last about 30 plate appearances. You know, he was mixing in some power again, walking, not striking out as much. So it seems like he figured something out over those last 35 games or so, you know, in the minor leagues. And I think he's going to, you know, kind of continue to do that, hopefully with some better ABs as the Tiger season winds down. And like, I think Torkelson's way too talented to swear this guy off. Obviously it was not as good of a first year as we were hoping, but I think he's shown some really good signs of late. And there's, there's re- reason to believe that Torkelson can uh, continue to turn things around. And you talk about getting Camerica over his last three games, though, three hits, two hits, then one hit. He just hit another ball really hard again. You got to take those small victories for a struggling young player. And I, I think he's going to bounce back in a big way next year. We'll end it with um, Mike Trout is better than everybody. Yeah. Um, we're recording in the bottom of the fifth inning. He just hit another home run arm. No, he didn't. He's got 35 on the season. He is now in September. Remember, it is September 13th as we're recording. He hit it on September 12th. He has now at a home run in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row. Mike Mike Trout. Did you forget the name? Mike Trout. Nelson Michael Nelson Trout is remember when we said the back thing? I was nervous. Arm. I was nervous. I was nervous. It was actually the worst news I've ever seen. Thank he you. literally just gave us the middle finger. Yeah. He's like, I'm fine. Maybe he is like that. with a hurt back. Maybe this is like bad trout. Yeah. Maybe this is hurt trout seven home runs in a row. So I want to say one thing on trout here, and then we'll we'll call it 100, 100 games, 35 homers. All right. That's roughly uh 57 home run pace in a full 162. I mean, this guy's one of the best to to ever do it. And he's the best out there now when he's out there. Looks like the back's okay. Let's hope it continues to stay that way because baseball is better with Mike Trout. Any final thoughts, Peter? And with that, thank you, everybody. 